Welcome to The Dental Deal, the podcast for dental professionals exploring a DSO partnership. In each episode of The Dental Deal, Brett Pierce and Christy Radcliffe from Seven Pillars will demystify the world of DSOs. Seven Pillars has helped countless dental professionals achieve their dreams of growth and expansion by connecting them with the right DSOs. In this episode, Brett and Christy explore the crucial roles that associates play during practice transitions. Applying real-life examples from their vast experience, Brett and Christy discuss the numerous approaches available to dental practices who look to transition with a team of associates. Learn how you can bring your team alongside you to a partner organization that satisfies everybody's needs. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us for our upcoming episodes. Until then, keep smiling. Over to you, Christy. Thanks so much for joining us on The Dental Deal. I'm Christy, this is Brett, and we're with Seven Pillars. And today we're gonna to talk all about the associates, when to tell them, what it means, and how they might impact a potential deal for you. So let's dig in. So from an expectation standpoint, I think it's important to talk about maybe the spoken expectations that you may have communicated to the associate over time, mm -hmm. but also maybe those unspoken expectations sure. that the associate may have just from how long they've been in your practice and kind of what you may have said or not said historically. So how do you help? How do you handle this that? This associate stuff is such a touchy topic. Mm -hmm. There's associates in all different stages of their career. The one rule that we have is that there's no rule about how to handle associates, when to tell them, how to tell them. There's just, there's so many different circumstances. And you hit a really good point there. Regardless of what you think the associate's expectations are, his or her expectations may be different. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, we've had a lot of examples of the doctor saying like, well, I've never specifically told them or explicitly told them that they're going to be owners, so they should have no expectation of being an owner. That may be true, but... Not so fast. We don't really know yeah. until we ask the associate. Um, and associates, they come, in all, like, they come in all shapes and sizes. So expectation management is the most important thing. So when a doctor says, hey, how are they going to treat my associate? Or how does my associate matter in this? Well, who cares what the partner or the DSO thinks about them? What does the associate think is going to happen? Yeah. And if you've had an associate who's maybe had worked with previous corporate, oftentimes it's they've worked with a more corporate yeah. kind of type DSO, they might have a bad taste in their mouth. They may think that all DSOs are the same because they're not educated about kind of what this might look like. So unfortunately, this is one of those things where we have to rely on you and your understanding of their personality because the next question we get is when do I tell them about yeah. what we're doing? And I think... You know, our answer is that there's no right or wrong time, but there is probably a lot of thought that needs to go into that. And I think how important they are to your practice and production and you, frankly, um, is important to kind of consider. So talk to us a little bit about why the level of production impacts kind of when we tell them. Yeah, this is a lot of this is the famous it depends answer, yeah. which is kind of an unsatisfying answer, but... That's the answer here. And um, how important the associate is, how much they produce, all of these things go into the, go into the equation, but nothing more than the relationship that the, that the owner doctor has with the associate. And so, you know, we'll have a lot of instances where the associate tells us things that they wouldn't tell mm -hmm. the owner doctor. And we like to get involved earlier in the process and probably some other advisors because I want to know what fears the associate has or what... You know, oh, maybe their dad worked for Aspen Dental and had a bad experience and uh, they have all this baggage or whatever mm -hmm. whatever it is. 
I want to know that earlier rather than later. Yep. This this game of like hide the ball from a super important producing mm-hmm. associate, that doesn't usually end well. Um, a lot of times they want to be viewed as partners of the practice anyway, whether they want technical ownership or not. And so the relationship between the owner doctor and the associate doctor, a lot of times like mitigated by us and managed yep. by us, is really the only way that I can that I can understand. I'll tell a doctor, do they do they assume that they're going to get some ownership? No. A associate, hey, do you assume you're going to get ownership? It's like, yeah, two years. We kind of had a handshake agreement over some beers mm-hmm. that maybe everybody forgot about. Like, who mm-hmm. knows? Um, and so that's the first thing. That's the first thing. And I'm not going to tell you, like, when to do it and how early to involve somebody because that is absolutely independent of every – every deal is independent that way. And so if somebody would tell you, like, this is when we – we always tell the associates or we never tell the associates like that. Like these hard and fast rules, yep. that does not make – that does not work here. And we've had both of those things happen. We've had mm. we've had associates that have been involved in early, early in the process as we, uh, you know, kind of introduce different partner groups. We've yeah. also had clients who waited until they've chosen a specific partner and said, okay, this is the partner I'm going with and this is what this looks like for you. And then we've had those that have waited till pretty far along in the process yeah. and it's just a simple assignment of their agreement. You know, maybe they had two or three and they weren't as uh, as important from a production or kind of contingency standpoint. Um, so I think, I think that's a, a really smart and astute thing to kind of convey here is that there is no hard and fast rule. Um, what types of, let's say you have an associate, you're listening, you have an associate, they're important to you, whether or not they do a lot of production or not, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they're important to you and you want to make sure that this is kind of a good deal for them. Mm -hmm. What have we seen some of our partner groups do or kind of what can they expect or what questions should they ask as they're, as they're looking into these buyer groups? Yeah. Uh, so to kind of backtrack just a little bit, obviously when you're talking to a DSO partner or anybody who's going to want to buy your practice. If, so, if an associate or another doctor is really important and they're mm-hmm. producing a lot, there has to be some level of assurance that they're going to stay on board. Yeah. Um, like we always say, the, the, the more risk you're willing to remove from the buyer, the more they're willing to pay. Yeah. If you have an associate that's doing half the production and we don't know if he or she's going to stick around, that partner, rightfully so, is going to be concerned about that because mm-hmm. if half of my production gets up and leaves because somebody's father-in-law doesn't like them, that's a bad. That's a that's a bad yep. situation, and so you know some examples. Like we've had some people that involve their associate from day one. Like, hey, you are an important part of this practice. You have been here. You've helped us grow it. We know you're not a technical owner yet, but we we care about your feedback and we want to make sure that you're happy moving forward. And so we want to, we want you to help us interview these DSO partners. Um, other instances happen much later. It's like, okay, well, this is an important associate to us, but we know how. They are, and we know like their their situation. So we're going to tell them before we sign, but we're still going to tell them like this is kind of what we're doing. Do you have any concerns? Would you like to talk to the DSO? Would you like to help better understand like your path of partnership with them? Because a lot of almost every one of these DSOs has a really attractive path of partnership for an associate. If the associate doesn't own any other part of the business now. Well, boy, they guess guess who's the most important piece of that practice to the DSO? Mm-hmm. The associate yeah, doctor the replacing doctors yes. is replacing doctors. We always say, if a DSO can't replace doctors, the DSO will go away. Yep. So replacing doctors is huge, and who's more important to the replacing doctors more than the associate? The associate. Yep. So all shapes and sizes of, of timing of introductions. I don't. If it's an important associate, we don't generally like you to tell them with the rest of the staff. 
um, for a variety of reasons. Yeah, and I think you know your associate the best, right? So if it's someone who is open-minded and understands that maybe because of the size of the practice, going the private route is not going to be the route, and they're open to that and you kind of know that, you can certainly talk to them early in the process. If you think they're a little more anxious and they're going to have a lot of questions, you're not going to really know a lot of those answers until you're, you've decided on a partner and you know what there is to offer and how they're going to handle things. Um, and so maybe with that person in, individually, you say, hey, I'm going to wait till I choose the person and the partner group that's right for me and then introduce that associate. Um, we've seen everything from offering uh, equity kind of uh, yeah. at, at, the, at the DSO type level. We've seen in a JV model, there being the ability to sell a piece of the owner's you know, remaining piece to that associate post-close at kind of a private market value. Um, so a lot of options there. And, and honestly, you've, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, this is the next phase of, uh, and all these DSO groups and certainly those that, that we're working with are understand how important those associates are. They're just mm -hmm. as important, if not more than the staff and understanding that those associates are going to be how you replace those owner docs in that five-year window or 10-year window or three-year window, or whatever you've agreed upon in your terms. And so making sure they're happy um, and that they have trust in you as the owner that you are still going to be here. Yep. Things are going to be the same. We might have different paychecks and yes, there might be some changes, but at the end of the day, I'm here, you're here. This is going to keep going as it is, I think is a really important message that you can, you can give to your associate when the time is right to tell them and, and keep them in there's, that. A, there's a couple things there. Just know that when you tell your associate, be ready to answer some yes. questions and rightfully yes. so. And so... If you're not ready for those questions, the same questions that you would probably ask. If, mm -hmm. if you as a doctor bought into a practice or associated with a practice mm -hmm. and just put, your, put yourself in their shoes, that answers a lot of these questions. Like if you have some, some level of empathy, put yourself in their shoes, what would you ask if you were them? Mm -hmm. Just be ready to answer those questions or have us on the call with you or have mm -hmm. us like make the introductory call. There's going to be some questions. And then the other part of this is, how they treat associates and the opportunities for associates has a lot to do with who you should choose to partner with. Mm -hmm. If the associate part path of partnership package is garbage or the associate doesn't like that mm -hmm. and the associate's out if you partner with these guys, that's something to consider mm -hmm. when you're choosing, you're choosing your partners. I mean, associates are super valuable and they're, they are the natural progression for all these practices, whether it's DSO or private associates are like, are the, are the, are the lifeblood of a lot of these practices. So, understanding the path to partnership or understanding how associates are treated by each group is going to really give you another data point in which you're trying to make a relatively difficult decision. Yeah. And I think it's important to think about this too, as you bring on associates and you, and you start to negotiate kind of those associate agreements, if maybe you're early on or, or you're renegotiating an associate agreement, most of these groups are going to take the agreement that you have with your associate yeah. And they are going to simply assign it over to them or duplicate the terms um, most of the time exactly as you have been operating. So they're not going to try to cut the pay of your associate. They're not going to take down benefits most of the time. Just like the staff, they're going to be better benefits. So there's a lot of pros for an associate that could be joining. Um, and they're not committing themselves to more than they've already committed to you. Um, but it's really important to kind of think about that if you are in the phase of negotiating an agreement. Make sure that agreement's assignable. Make sure you've thought through kind of this is what you want to commit to and what that associate will be happy with longer term because that's that agreement is going to carry forward with that DSO too. That's so true. And and not all associates, to be quite to be fair, this isn't always complicated. Not all associates no. want ownership. I no. mean, like a lot of times, like, hey, you have a new partner, that's great. Uh, they're not really 
doing anything different, mm-hmm. still getting paid the same, you're still here. It's a non-issue. A lot of times it's a complete non-issue. Just sometimes it's a little more complex if the, if the associate wants something different. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you think about these associates that are able to either buy stock or receive stock in a bigger company, or they're able to buy some of the joint venture equity from the owner doctor. Okay, cool. So they have they can buy 5, 10, 15, 20% of a practice or buy stock, be an owner in a business, and then have the DSO's administrative background and administrative back office support to help them. It's a pretty good gig. I mean, they can own, you can, in a JV model, they can own 15, 20% of the profit distribution and still not really have to do any ownership mm-hmm. stuff because the DSO takes it over. Or a lot of the associates now are generally in the younger, younger mm-hmm. than the owner doctors. They like making money with investments and not just their hands. These are yeah. these are different people. This is one of the reasons the DSO. I feel like this is one of the reasons the DSO has become more popular is because associates are harder to find that want to come in, take over all the administrative stuff, start hiring, start firing, like do all the payroll. Like that's not as common as it might have used to be. Maybe people just know better now. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But well, they, I mean, a lot of their existing clients they learn that from the ground up. You know, and, and yeah. they they had to kind of hard lessons, I'm sure, as they came up. And these these younger doctors, they don't, not all of them want that. Some do. Some very much still want to own 100%, regardless of what the group is. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for, for younger doctors coming up. A lot of our partners that we work with have associate growth programs and training programs to teach yeah. them about the business side and how to look at the P&L um, and the stuff that they don't get in school and they certainly wouldn't have if they were kind of flying solo out there um, in a practice by themselves. So I think there's a lot to unpack when we talk about associates. There's a lot of unique aspects that will make this, um, again, not a cookie-cutter approach mm-hmm. um, for for you as, a, as an owner-doctor. Um, but just like any other piece of this process, I think you have to kind of say, okay, how is my staff going to react, right? You can have a staff member that worked for yeah. Pacific and has had a bad experience. Just like you're going to do that there, you're going to say, how's my associate? What is going to make the most sense for them? And then going back to those qualitative reasons about why you chose a partner, like we talked about in a previous episode, what's important to me? Is it important to me that I'm able to offer my associate you know, a piece of ownership yeah. or equity? Um, those can all be questions that you kind of try to sort through as you navigate who you're going to. So in summary, I think there's just, there's no hard and fast rule to this, but I think what you should do kind of every time is try to put yourself in the associate's shoes. Mm -hmm. You know the associate better than anybody. Hopefully, hopefully you've met this person. (laughs) You know the associate better than anybody. What do you think they like? What do you think Mm -hmm. they care about? Put yourself in their shoes. Understand, like try to, try to think like what questions would they ask? What, what apprehensions would they have? And thinking about, just thinking about that for 10 minutes ahead of time can save us all a lot of trouble. Get us involved. We'll get you ready to answer the question. They're mm-hmm. going to have questions, but if you just care and you put yourself in the associate's shoes, you're going to be in a lot, you're going to be in a lot better shape. And if they're going to blow the deal up, we might as well know that ahead of time. Yep. We might as well know that earlier. So don't just put your head under the covers and wait to see if the associate's going to be super pissed off when you know they're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I could not have said it better myself. So... Thanks for joining us. Hopefully this time you learned a little bit more about the associates, when to tell them, how they can impact your deal, and most importantly, that there's no hard and fast rule when it comes to the right way to bring an associate into the process. I'm Christy. This is Brett. We're with Seven Pillars, and this is The Dental Deal. Thanks for listening to The Dental Deal, a podcast for dental professionals considering a DSO partnership. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and be sure to join us for our upcoming episodes.
Until then, keep smiling. <laughs>